You are listening to the Sneaker You Podcast, show number three. back to Sneaker University. I'm Zach Allen, talking all things sneakers and sneaker reselling. Today I have a topic that I've been very skeptical to talk about because of its nature. I don't know any resellers that ever have ever publicly put this information out, especially in this sort of detail. It's because of that it's obviously largely unknown, it's clouded with questions, and that is the world of the backdoor sneaker blogs. I believe that this is personally the single most valuable piece of content that I'll, I will ever produce. That being said, I wanted to make sure I do this topic justice as there is, you know, confusion and misunderstanding of exactly what a backdoor plug is and how you can secure one. I'm going to share my own story here in a bit as I do utilize plugs every so often in my business, but I wanted to reach out to those individuals first before I cover this topic and, you know, essentially to get their blessing on it. Now, before I get into this, I want to emphasize a few things. Number one, this is from my own experience. So if you're listening to this, and happen to have your own backdoor plug or know someone who does, obviously my experience may be a little bit different. Number two, please note that I will be omitting all personal information from these plugs for obvious reasons. Number three, I just said that no one ever really talks about this topic and well the information and story I'm going to share, like I've only shared with maybe two other people in my life, um, and never the full story. And I'm saying this to say, bear with me as I organize my thoughts and recoll recollections of it. Now, even though I believe this is an extremely valuable topic, I believe that this will not be something that 98% of people that listen to this will be able to put in motion, but there will be a few out there that can take this information, run with it, and make a killing with. Regardless, it's something that all shoe resellers should be aware of. It's something that all resellers in general, regardless of an industry, should have a little bit of knowledge of. And this, the principle is the story that I'm going to share. Um, it does not matter if you're into shoes or into something else. You can take the principles of this and apply it to whatever category of reselling that you're into. I know people that personally use the same, same exact principles. Um, and, you know, are able to hit up their local like targets and be able to get like exclusive merchandise for like first dibs when some product hit the floors. So how do you secure a backdoor plug? First, let's define exactly what a backdoor is because it's often confused with the term plug. Now, these are my own definitions, but when I think of the term plug, this, that is someone who can get you one pair of sneakers for a great price or someone who helps you get a pair when it's initially released, or even like even get a pair like an early release before anyone else does. But the emphasis is usually on a single pair, whereas when you backdoor pairs, you're typically gonna be buying up a bunch of pairs from a single source like a retailer. Plugs are easy to find, literally like you can just hop onto Instagram, start looking around. I have a small list that I keep or a small list of people that I follow if I ever need to get my hands on a pair because, because where I live, it's hard to get exclusive stuff. And there are also people that I, I want to support. So if I, if I do want something, I'll say, hey, if you ever find, you know, find this in a size 11 and a half, at least they're on the lookout. And it's just a way to kind of help other resellers as well. Now to find a backdoor plug, which 
Um, I hate to combine those terms. That's just how I refer to it. So how to find a backdoor. Let me tell you my first experience with one. In 2015, I was 25 years old. I was living in Southern California, enjoying life, living five blocks from the beach, five blocks from paradise. I was working about 30 hours a week at this Asian buffet and had just started a clothing line with two of my friends. I was beyond broke. I did not care. I spent my mornings on a paddleboard in Mission Bay. I spent my evenings playing FIFA with my roommates or in coffee shops. You know, I tried surfing and I failed miserably. Like, at the end of the day, though, life for me was close to perfect. Like, it was simple. But, like, I, I, knew, I knew I needed more. I hadn't found what I was truly passionate about. But the more I studied fashion, even though I had none and I, I, I never have had any, the more I wanted to get back into sneakers. It was something that I fell in love with when I was 15, 16 years old. I fell in love with it again in college, but I never had money. Now I wasn't poor, my parents always did well, um, but I, I was the type of person that never asked them for a dime growing up. I love sneakers, but I never felt like I could buy a pair for like over $50 because I never felt like I could afford it. Like, and especially at the time, 25 years old, living in Southern California, a $50 pair of shoes to me was like two weeks worth of groceries. And I, I could just never stomach actually spending money on something that was not a necessity at that time. Like I was living very simple. But when I, what I decided to do that year, actually when I was driving across the country that year, when I was moving out there, I decided that I wanted to spend time in, a, in whatever sneaker shop that I could find. And when I moved out there, that's essentially what I did. I found a few stores, this one in particular. I would stop in there for, you know, five to 10 minutes, two, three times a week, just talking with the employees, asking them tons of questions, um, getting to know, getting to like understand like what they liked, what they thought was cool, um, talking with them about like materials used on shoes and just getting like a general base knowledge of that because I, I had missed out on that kind of growing up. And essentially what I was, I was doing in there was like, basically I was imagining that one day I could walk in there, I could pick up one or two pairs for myself and you know, I would not feel sick in my stomach for weeks for being completely selfish. But I had this theory and this theory went back to me driving across the country. And I honestly don't know what it originally made me think of it, but I had sold on eBay and sold sneakers on eBay off and on since like early mid high school days. I had plenty of sneaker resale experience, especially for someone who never really took it seriously, if that makes sense. So over the next five months when I moved out there, what I would do is I would walk into the same retail store and start buying shoes with the little cash that I had. I would find anything they had marked down for sale. I would find a you know $120 pair of shoes that they marked down to 70 or 80 dollars and i would buy that now i was spending so much time in there that when when they did mark down a pair of shoes like i i could walk in and be like oh that was you know that was 120 dollars last week it's now 70 dollars. okay this may be a good time to buy so you know i would buy that shoe for 70 bucks i'd head home to my apartment i'd list them on craigslist or facebook sometimes on ebay and I wouldn't make much money at all, honestly. And it's pretty obvious. Like most times I would make maybe $20 or $10 or probably the most I ever made on a single pair was like $30 to $40 if it was really clearance. Um, 
And there was, I know two pairs off the top of my head, maybe more, that I actually either either broke even or even like lost a few dollars. So after I sold a pair, a few days later, I would head back to the same store and I would slowly start buying more. Maybe two pairs the next time I was in there, three pairs, then five, then six. And what I was doing was building a relationship with the manager and the employees and becoming someone that they were familiar with. Even there was uh, twice that I can remember that I either went to like a small like art show or event that they had going on, um, anything that they had going on in the community. Now, if you know me at all, like I'm extremely inter- introverted. I'm pretty anti-social. Uh, so this is, was an extreme thing for me to try out. Now, the shoes I was buying most of the time were your, your normal men's, women's running shoes, some Air Force Ones, a lot of Air Maxes shoes that you see sitting on like the retail like any retail store like across the country like if you imagine walking into a finish line and looking on the walls it was those type of shoes they're not like the they they were not the new releases or anything like that but what i was doing was again becoming someone that these guys trusted so in june of that year this is again probably about four to five months in the manager of the store when i stopped in one day asked asked me if I wanted some pairs of the Adidas Yeezy that was about to about to be released and I remember looking at him and like just blatantly said like what's a Yeezy and he brought brought up his phone and showed me a few pictures of the shoe being released um I think it was like probably a week or two week or two later now I need to say I spent 2013 living in France this was 2015 so like I spent an entire year not paying attention to pop culture. Um, and I didn't pay attention to pop culture growing up, honestly, too much. I had been to a Kanye concert, but I honestly knew very little of his entrepreneurial or fashion journey. I had zero knowledge that he was partnered with Adidas. The only thing I knew is that he had he had a few shoes with Nike, but if you showed me the Air Yeezy, I would have had no idea what they were. So after he basically showed me a few pictures and explained the significance, he asked me again, you want a few pairs? So this was my theory. This was exactly what I had been planning since first walking into that store. So, you know, obviously I answered like, hell yeah. What's the retail? How much is it going to cost me? Now I was thinking, hey, these will probably resell pretty well. Don't spend too much money. Get two pairs, resell both, take the profit, go travel somewhere. That's really what I was going to do. Um, I think at the time I was actually planning a backpacking trip through like Central America or South America that never, never actually happened. And yeah, I'm thinking like, yeah, I'll get two or three pairs. We'll see what's happening. And the manager asked me if I could take 10. And that's when I kind of died a little inside. Um, I asked him, Hey, can you do two or three instead? And he said, no, it's gotta be all 10. So I started panicking. Um, I probably had maybe $1,200 in my bank account. My rent alone was $800, and that did not include any other bill that I had to pay, obviously. Um, so just to kind of get a better understanding, I asked him, you know, how much how much for each pair of shoes? And he said $500. My soul literally died for like a full minute, probably looked like I had seen a ghost or something. Like, I, I was kind of heartbroken at the time. I don't really, really remember what I said after that, but I know before I left, I probably stood around and talked to him for a few more minutes. And I did get the manager to agree, like, or whatever, that 
you know, next time this opportunity comes up, call me, text me. Like I'm 100% committed. And I was like, I, I, and I was saying that, like, I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to do it next time. Like, you know, $5,000 is a ton of money in my head at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'll find somebody. I'll, 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 I'll figure out how to get the money. Um, I just wasn't, wasn't too optimistic at the time when he brought it, when he first brought it up. Um, now the, the shoes, they were the, uh, the Adidas Yeezy Boost 350 V1. They were the turtle doves. And the significance of that, of that first one was that was the first 350 to ever be released. Again, this was, this was June of 2015. Um, so what I did is, you know, when I went home in the next few weeks was start paying attention on eBay to what the resale prices were. I know like the day they came out, um, they were selling again, depending on the size, I think anywhere from like 900 to like 12, $1,300. Um, so, you know, of course that got me thinking, like if I had that $5,000 available, if I, I could have made an, an easy $5,000, I could have easily doubled my money. Uh, and what sucked though is like at the job that I was working at, I was making maybe 50 to $60, $60 per shift. Again, maybe working, maybe working 30, 30, 30 hours a week. Honestly, I was trying to give away my shifts left and right. So fast forward, let's cut to early August, same year, 2015. I got word of the next Yeezy release. It was the Yeezy 350 V1 Pirate Black, the all black colorway. By the middle of the month, the manager started texting me and I was going in there and visiting him. And basically it was the same deal. He wanted to see if I wanted 10 pairs. And I said, absolutely, like I will do it. Um, it was the same, like again, same deal, $500 a pair. At the time I was on the low end, I was hoping for about a thousand dollar resale value, but honestly, I was hoping for a lot higher. I had I'd heard that it was a much more limited release with the success of the first one. I just, I figured more people were being, we were gonna be after it based off of what the employees were saying. Like I was hoping for well over a thousand, maybe like 12 to $1,500. But back then, like I, I honestly did not know what I was doing. I did not know where to find reliable and reliable information. I did not know where to look at data, anything like that. Now, on a side note, I worked my ass off to get $5,000 where I could hand it over. And it was such a nerve wracking time in my life. I was stressed for like two weeks, like not sleeping ever. Um, these shoes released on August 22nd. I did not get them on August 22nd. My rent was due on September 1st, which I did not pay my rent on time. I remember September 1st, I, I call my landlord and beg her, this 80 year old lady, to let me turn it in late. And the lease agreement, and I remember this the day I moved in, the lease agreement was month to month. And she, when I moved in, she emphasized like it's due on the first. And if it's not due on the first, like there's been times in the past, and this is probably just a, you know, half -heart heartedly like, you know, threat. She had all the right to kick me out. And she refused for like a few days. Actually, it may have been just like two, but I think she called me either the next day or like on the third. And she said, hey, this is actually in the lease. And I don't remember this, but she said, this is actually in the lease. You need to pay $100 a day each day after the third, I believe. And so what happened is I, I finally received the shoes. I think I received them on September 2nd, I want to say. And I immediately like, went home on that day, listed them everywhere I could. I sold my first two pairs, I think, that night. 
for $700 a piece to the same guy off Craigslist. Um, I sold them, met up with him in Carlsbad, California. Actually, you know what? I think it was, he gave me $1,500. So I think it was $750 a piece. Um, I want to say I ended up paying my rent on the 5th and giving my landlord like two dollars to $300. Um, all in all, I don't remember exactly how, how much I made off that. I do know I sold most in about a week, week and a half. I just tried, before I sat down to record this, I tried to find if I had any like data. I don't think I'd sold any on eBay. I don't want to, I don't want to say I did during that time. I think it was all off Craigslist or um, Facebook during that time. I tried to see if I, found, if I could find any like data on my computer or record keeping on my, on my computer. Um, I know most sold between like 800 to 950. Um, I sold two to that first guy. I had a guy drive down from Laguna Beach and bought three pairs off me. I think all in all, somewhere between 3,000 to 3,500. I think actually, I think it was just over 3,000. I don't think it was too much more than that. So yeah, that's like, that's, that was my first parlay into this whole world of backdooring pairs. And it definitely like opened my eyes up a bit and has provided me some absolutely incredible opportunities. Now, that being said, I do want to talk about why the stores wanted the backdoor pairs to begin with. And this is 100% what I learned from that first retail store. So why do big brands, and let's use Nike and Adidas as an example, why do big brands backdoor pairs? So to examine this, actually, let's look at Nike and use an ex a specific example. Let's start with the relationship between brands and retailers. The goal of retailers is to reach this tier zero status, which is essentially a status that says, hey, we have the best releases, which is 100% true. They, there are not many in the world that get these releases. I actually shared recently on my, on my Instagram page uh, a list of some of the tier zero stores in the US and um, in the EU. Now to get to tier zero status, stores must prove themselves. And they must do this by pushing and selling all the other products, all the other shoes that are sitting on the shelves. Now I'm not gonna lie, like most of the shoes, they're, they're pretty nice, but they're not shoes that are like that sought after that they're gonna sell out immediately. They may sit there for a while. Like, yeah, people may like them, but you don't have, you know, 200 people a day walking in the store to buy that, buy all those shoes up. So think of it this way. Think of all the shoes that eventually end up at the Nike outlets. Don't get me wrong. Some are nice, but at the end of the day, that's where they're headed. If you push enough product in a certain time period, then you are rewarded with a release, say a, like a typical Jordan release. Now this release may not be that, ex that, that exclusive, but you still have this status of saying, Hey, we have the new Jordans that are dropping, but you just had to sell a lot of, you know, a hundred dollar pair of shoes that will, probably end up costing people $30 at the Nike outlet in two months. So like, that's hard to do. People are, people are pretty smart at shopping nowadays. Also that Jordan release may only be a one full size run, meaning there's only one pair for each size. So there's one size eight, one size eight and a half, one size nine, et cetera. So typically up to a size 13, uh, no 12 and a half. So if you ever lost like a Foot Locker finish line raffle, that's typically why they, that store or the stores that you're trying to raffle, get, win that raffle, they may only have one or two pairs in each size. Also, it's important to note, like money is not made on these new hyped releases. This is easy to see, especially if the retail store only has one or two pairs per size. Like that's their job is to sell that. And so the store probably just killed themselves for at least a year to sell a shoe that's already selling out anyways, or gonna sell it anyways.
size. And so they get their revenue off those 20 pairs, but they still have, you know, 50, 70, 100 other models that are sitting on the floor that they had to push. And this is, that's really where the real money is made. And obviously it's not easy. If a store is lucky enough to get to tier zero, they, you know, they may have like a five size run depending on the release. And again, that's five pairs per size. Now I'm recording this podcast as of October 22nd, 2019 for reference, if you are listening to this later. So let's imagine that I wanted to backdoor pairs of the Nike Air Jordan 1 Shattered Backboard 3.0s that release on the 26th. Now I'm not going to talk about the shoe itself, but I want to focus on the retail stores, their customers, and the numbers of it all. Those shoes, they seem somewhat limited. They're 100% going to sell out. Now what you have happening is people, resellers, who are going to be entering raffles to win these shoes. And when I say entering raffles, a lot of people are going to be entering 20, 30, 40, you know, entries just for one store, let alone all the others. And if they are able to win, let's say two pairs from a single store, they'll likely, you know, show up with a friend, girlfriend, whoever, thus picking up their two, their two pairs. Now, most resellers, and I think this is where resellers get a bad rap, and I, I see why. These re- resellers, I don't consider them customers. Most don't shop at the store. They're not buying other pairs. They don't, they don't know the employees. They don't know the managers. They are not involved in that community. They are just there to make money. Now, I'm not mad at that. Like, I do that too. Do what you got to do. Well, let's look at the number from a store's perspective because this is the, like, the important part we need to consider. The Shattered Backwards, re- they retail for $160. The retail store's cost is 50% of that or $80. Now, I'm not going to predict the retail, or excuse me, the resale of Shattered Backwards, but let's say I went and picked up a size 8, paid $160 at this retail store, you know, plus tax, obviously, and turned around and sold them for $400. I would essentially make a little over $200. Let's say $220 because I sold them locally. How much did the store make? The store made $80. It cost them $80 from Nike, and they sold it for $160. They net $80. I made 220. And do we see the problem now? So what stores can do is backdoor pairs because they don't have Nike standing over the shoulder. Nike just cares that the shoes are sold and that they're able to order that next release. If those, if like, if the store isn't selling the, the other models and they're not making enough revenue, they don't have enough money to order that next release, like Nike will drop the hammer and say, hey, you know, you don't get that next release or any future releases because you're not, you're not performing well enough. They have that power. So I honestly don't know exactly what most retail stores do when they back to repairs. When I did the Yeezys, they wanted $300 on top of retail. I know some people who do 50 to hundred dollars per pair. It just, it just differs. It differs by the release. It differs by how many shoes that a store store gets, how many, if they get a, a two size run or a five size run. And then, you know, stores also, they look out for their, their employees too, right? So if they get a, if they get a, you know, a three size run, they get 30 pairs, then maybe they give five away to their, to their employees. And I don't mean give, I mean that they can, they have the opportunity to buy for retail. But for example, let's say that the store wanted to make $60 per pair for a backdoor fee. They would then, instead of making $80 profit, they're going to make $140 profit because they're also making that 60 on the backdoor fee. 
the reseller would end up, you know, buying a bunch of pairs for $220, 160 retail, $60 backdoor fee, then turn around and sell them. And, you know, maybe they sell them anywhere from 220 to $400. Now that's important to know because sometimes resellers are breaking even on some of these backdoor pairs because large sizes typically are not going to be worth as much, but maybe they're making a lot more money on those smaller sizes. But the additional revenue for the store is also going to ease any pressure on pushing other on pushing those other you know 54 models that they have, and it's just going to essentially make their business easier and their lives easier. So the all important question: long podcast episode for a very short answer. How do you secure the backdoor plug? Number one, there's really just two things I can think of. Number one, unfortunately. Most powerful thing is money. You can't play this game without it. Just, this is just how it is. Five thousand dollars when I started. Five thousand dollars when I started out probably was the least I could. May, maybe I could have started with like two or three thousand, if it was a, uh, a, you know, a release that may have resold for like four hundred dollars. Um, but with the Yeezys, like five thousand dollars, probably the least amount of money I could have walked in with. But you know, it's not just money. It's building that relationship. It's being that guy that shows up. It's, you know, not being a stranger. It's, it's walking in and they know you by name. They know, you know, some stuff about you. They, they know what you like. You know what they like. You know, you know as a reseller, and th this is actually what I want to end up with. How can you differ from any other reseller out there? Okay. Most resellers, what they want to do is they want to show up on release day, whether it's a raffle or a first come, first serve. You know, they want to get their pair, they want to turn around, sell it, and make their money. But they don't invest that time in that brand. Okay. If it's like a it's a a specific brand that you know is not a chain, like a like a footlocker, for example, then show your support. Go in there, buy their brand shirts and hats and socks or whatever that they are selling. Go in there and buy, like let that be your place where anytime the uh a you know, that anytime you want to pick up a personal, personal pair of shoes, like that's where you are always going to get them. You're not going to go on eBay. Okay. Yeah. You may lose some money here or there. You may make some money back here or there. That's not the important part. How can you set yourself up that and show that, Hey, I'm different than any other person in here because people are going to go to those stores and that happens all the time and says, Hey, like, you know, I have 10 grand. You got a new, you got a, you got the shatter backwards releasing this weekend. You know, can we make a deal? If that's a guy that like, you know, is not a customer that just shows up on release day and you have you, and let's say you got five to $10,000 to spend, they're going to choose you. They trust you. They know that you're going to show up. Like know they know about you. And also want to add, like, let's continue with this theme of how can you, you know, set yourself apart from these other resellers. The managers, the employees can also be your customers. Understand what they're looking for, what they like, because that can be, you know, you can always hook them up with something. You know, if they're looking for a certain shoe that is reselling for $1,000 and you, you know, you go out of your way, you find that shoe, you turn around and say, hey, I know you're looking for this, you know, I'll hook you up $800, $900, you know, saves you, saves you $100 to $200. Like, that's where real trust and credibility is built. So, uh, yeah, that's how, that's how you can do it. That's, that's my approach. That's my way. 
when I started, I honestly don't know the real reason why they decided to pick me. It could have been I was the only one in there every single day and they were looking forward to me coming in and, and showing my ignorance when it came to sneakers because I learned a ton from them. Um, I, you know, I never resold to them, but I, I just built a good enough relationship that, you know, I was someone that they trusted and I was someone, you know, I could go in and, and talk the things that I was passionate about, that they were passionate about. And it's not just sneakers. It's, you know, can be whatever you love. And for me, I think at the time it was a lot of football. I was talking a lot of NFL and, you know, they vibed with that. And so, you know, I built that rapport with them. And at the end of the day, you know, it made me money. It made, it made, it made the store money. It, it put money in their pockets. And that's, that's a win-win scenario. Um, you know, obviously we all want to pick up every shoe at retail. If you're knowledgeable about this game, paying resale is not a bad thing. And because I paid, going back to the easy story, because I paid $300 more per pair, you know, it kind of sucks because it's like, oh, you could have made $300 extra per pair. But in the long run today, it is going to lead to me making more money because I, I understand exactly what to do now. I have that relationship. And because I have that relationship, they've introduced me to other people. And so it's pretty special. But yeah, so that's all I have for you guys today. If you ever want to reach out to me, talk shoes, talk sneakers, talk releases, talk sports, talk poetry, whatever, uh, my DMs on Instagram are always open, and that is at Zachariah Allen. Uh, that's all I got for you. Signing off. Peace. <laughs>